My name is Carrie Tolson, a member of the 2004 Olympic team. I ran the 1500 meters there and loved every minute of it. And in addition to being a runner, I'm a wife, a mother of three, a weekly podcast host of Steve Tally Run, a, a commentator and an analyst for such news outlets as ESPN and NBC. And if that's not enough, I'm your host today, interviewing Alicia Sacramoni Quinn. Alicia was captain of the 2008 Olympic team that won the silver medal. In addition, she's won 10 gold medals from five different world championships. She's the second winningest athlete by American gymnasts. Alicia is a wife and a mother of four beautiful kids under the age of seven. She serves as an ESPN gymnastics analyst and the strategic lead for the USA Gymnastics Women's Program, focused on making the holistic development of individual athletes physically and mentally a top priority. Thrilled to have her on the show today. I feel like I know you and I've never met you. <laughs> I, know, I think we just have a lot of things in common. So we're like soul sisters, I feel like. Yeah, well, I'm so glad to hear that. You are now a mother of four. Congratulations. Your little guy is not very old. He is five months old today. Oh. We had him on St. Patrick's Day. Being a mom is amazing, but it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Harder than the Olympics, gymnastics, any of that. But I do think gymnastics help like prepare me for motherhood or any high level sport prepares you to be a parent because you have to learn how to be on a schedule. You have to learn how to be adaptable. Uh, you have to be resilient um, and you need to be dedicated. And so like, yeah, these four things that you learned as an athlete that you're now lying as a parent. But I felt like going from no children to a child that I have culture shock. I, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. They give me this baby that like, all right, see that later. And I'm like, I'm not qualified. And, you know, first time parents, like we were scared of everything, uh, figured it out on the way. And then going from one to two, I didn't think were so bad just because like I knew what to expect now. It's probably harder for my husband because he had to have my first daughter with him more. And then we're like, you know what? Let's go again. Two to three. I didn't think was that bad. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's the worst. Yeah. It was so hard. Here's was where I got lied to. Everyone was like, oh, you got three kids? Like. Go for fourth. Not, uh -oh. not to uh -oh. Let me tell you, they lied because three to four was way harder. Two to three. You guys have been busy in more ways than one. I mean, I'm just always pregnant. It's like, <laughs> I see my friends like, oh, what do you know? Be to get a new hobby or like maybe a TV in our bedroom or something. I don't really know. That is so funny. Um, let's talk about how you got into sport because now, I mean, seven years old, I'm, I don't know if, is your oldest into sports yet or no because I have a seven-year-old and he's just kind of getting introduced to baseball and other things all our kids are pretty active so we try to get them tired so they go to bed at an all time exactly. and so all three of my girls are in gymnastics just that I do think that like gymnastics classes give you a good fundamental and baseline for like any other sport um so they all do that my oldest really likes soccer my middle is like content with gymnastics probably doesn't want to do anything and then my youngest I want to put her in track because that little kid for three years old, she can move. She can. And even like one of her teachers were like, man, you need to get her on the track. That kid's fast. I'm like, okay, if she wants to run. So they're into it right now, but nothing too serious. Like for me, it's more about like keeping them in an active, healthy lifestyle, yeah. letting them have fun. Because um, I started gymnastics when I was eight. So that's on the later side okay. for gymnasts. A lot of them are like, I did it in the womb or I did it in like, preschool classes right. and so that wasn't, that wasn't my life well your olympic career in 2008 you made the team you are the second winningest athlete in gymnastics at the world championships with 10 world gold i'm second to the one and only simone biles who's like 
I bow down to her because she's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought I was around a long time. So I got to go to five world championships and I um, would go do my job. And that's not something I ever like thought about, cared for. Yeah. I just was just going to do my thing. And at the end of the day, that's where we got. I mean, that's a pretty big stat, though. That's pretty awesome to think of. And, you know, it was fun to see Simone back in action. We'll talk about her right. a little bit later, but. Let's talk about how you got into gymnastics. Talk about your high school career a little bit before you talk about going to Brown. So I, obviously gymnastics, you start relatively young and you move through the junior Olympic level, the level two, all the way up to level 10. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to level 10, you try for elite or international elite back in my day. And that's what the level you would be when you're trying to make a world championships or an Olympic game. So when I was in high school, I had already worked my way up to the elite level. So I was trying to make a national team to be able to get selected for a world championship or Olympic Games. I was traveling the world basically in my junior and senior year, which was awesome and a very unique experience. And um, yeah, I tried for my first Olympics in 2004. I didn't make it, which was fine. I was like still pretty young. I had just turned 16 and pretty ambitious but the odds weren't in my favor for that one. And then I decided I wanted to go for 2008 after I had won world championships in 2005. Were you pretty much like all in right away? Not really. I think I just, it just kept my interest and I didn't think I was very good or didn't start gymnastics with the intention of being like, oh, I want to go to the Olympics. Yeah. I liked it. It just held my, my favor for quite some time. And I think I always love that it's challenging you. So I mean, it's a sport about trying to achieve perfection. So the idea of like, always trying to get one step closer to that was that was what kept me coming back. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. And I didn't really probably buy into like my own abilities till I was about probably till I was actually trying for the uh, 2004 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And once I didn't make it, I realized that, oh, I really do want to do that. When you were getting ready to go to Brown, like what was that process like for you being recruited and choosing that school? So I actually had committed to UCLA. I had a full ride. I was going to go. I wanted to be out on the West Coast. I obviously grew up just outside of Austin. And when I decided I wanted to continue training for the Olympics, it only felt right for me to continue to stay with my personal coach. I, he had been with me my whole career. And the rules and the code of points of gymnastics had just changed. And the UCLA coaches weren't planning on learning those. So I was like, well, this doesn't make sense for me to go here as much as I wanted to. Because one, you're not going to know what I need to be doing. And two, like, I'm a loyal person. So I felt like the right decision was to stay with my personal coach. So I was just going to take like a gap year, figure it out, train, and then kind of revisit it after. And the Brown coach happened to come in and was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what were you going to go to school? And I was like, well, honestly, I was like, I was going to go to UCLA, but now I'm training at the Olympics. So I'm just going to take a year off. And that's a year off. And she's like, why do you come to Brown? And I was like, I don't dislike this idea. So I um, sent her my application. I took the ACT and just kind of like hopes and best. I scored re relatively well in the I mean, good enough that I got in. Mm -hmm. And so I um, competed for Brown my freshman year while also training back home with my coach for Team USA stuff. I did a world championships in 2006. And then I had um, knee surgery that winter. And then I was competing come middle of January for Brown through that season and then started the elite season again right up right after that. So it was a grind. I was commuting 60 miles one way to go train at home and then come back and there would be days where I'd have to stay at my parents' house, train, go to school, mm. come back for afternoon session and they go back because I had class in the morning. So it was like a lot of miles. That is a lot. And you were young. I mean, I think people forget how young. I was 20, 21. So like, I, I just, I don't know. I think being a high level athlete, 
it comes with a, a level of responsibility that's not typical for that age range. Right. And I mean, of course, I've looked at myself as an adult. Now I look at a 20 year old and I'm like, oh, I think, oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think we're just a different breed. We take things very seriously. I was focused on what I wanted. Right. Did I have some distractions? Sure did. Any 20 year old would. Yeah. But I knew at the end of the day what my goal was. And that kind of ultimately pushed me to keep going. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Don Pablo Coffee. If you're interested in quality coffee, fresh to order, roasted in small batches in the timeless Latin American traditions of roasting, then Don Pablo Coffee is for you. Check them out at donpablocoffee.com and use the promo code AGORA at checkout for additional savings off your first order. People ask about sacrifice all the time. I don't love that word. I feel like that means that I gave up stuff when I didn't feel like I gave up much. I was just excited to be better. I felt like the opportunities I was given and the things I got to do was cooler than the things I was missing out on or sacrificing. Like not many people I knew were traveling to Europe or Australia and all these different places that I got to go to and experience and represent my country, which for me, that's the highlight of it all when they were as young as I was. So for me, I'm like, okay, great. You're going to a house party. I'm going to live our practice because I have World Cup next week and I'm going to go to Belgium. So I think it's just like my mindset on things is a little different. Really? I was going to ask you how how your parents helped your career and helped you stay focused maybe when you needed it. Because I can remember there were times when my mom or dad would sort of in their own way redirect me. Yeah, I too had just great parents that were keeping it light. You know, I think neither of my parents were super high level athlete. So for them, this was probably foreign territory as well. And I think they were just like, look, if it makes you happy, you should do it. If you don't do it, then these are probably what you will be doing, which is fine. Either way you go, whatever decision you make, it's fine. We'll love you, support you regardless. I know they probably had meetings with my coaches behind my back that I didn't know about. And so they could try to like guide me to whatever avenue would be best. Nobody has like the perfect handbook on how to raise kids that are degenerate. So like, yeah, I think if you do it out of a place of love, best thing you can do. Like love your kids, support them, let them make choices, try to give them ideas of what some repercussions of some choices will be. So maybe right. they lean towards the correct choice versus the incorrect choice. Mm -hmm. But I think giving them some power to make decisions because that's what my parents did for me. They never forced me to do anything. It was always my desire to keep going or maybe take a little bit of a step back. And I think that was helpful. They always supported me and they gave me their guidance, but they never made the decision for me. You are doing so much within U.S. Gymnastics. So can you give us a little update on what you're doing? Sure. So I work for um, ultimately ESPN and do commentating or I'm a gymnastics analyst for the SEC network uh, and a little bit of the Big Ten as well. But I actually just took a role within USA Gymnastics last June. I am the high performance strategic lead. And that's just like a fancy title for I work with our national team. And my position helps try to create change within the program, um, bring different training methods, recovery methods to our athletes, coaches, uh, my other colleagues and see how we can continue to improve our program. Because yes, we have been successful over the years, but I think there's always ways we can improve to make it a better atmosphere for our athletes and coaches to be more efficient uh, and just different things like that. And I think I've always been a little bit more on the outspoken side of things. So I usually am not afraid to say things that would normally annoy somebody else. I love that. Um, I think I get along really well with all the athletes. Uh, they have zero problem coming to me, telling me what they need, what they like, they don't like, and which I love. I feel like when I was an athlete, I didn't have that um, 
type of relationship with our national team coordinator at the time. It was a very like soldier, do your job, don't say anything, just power through. Yeah. And now they have more of a voice and they're heard, which is great. I mean, we've talked a little bit about her already, Simone Biles, like what we all witnessed at the last Olympics was, I think, I don't know, it seemed like sport changing. I don't want to say life changing, but sport changing. You know, it did. It changed a lot of views of what happens in an athlete's mind. And you were probably right there with it. And I'm assuming you know her pretty well. I do. I think her experience was transformative for the sports world where people wouldn't talk about mental health because they would think of it as a... um, a sign of weakness that you can't mentally handle the load that you're bearing. It's the biggest stage of our sport. And like, a, that doesn't come with an immense amount of pressure. Like you're hitting yourself. And like, that's not easy to deal with. And if you're used to just bottling it up, it can explode at an inopportune time. And I think for her, like, she is a perfectionist by nature. And I think she felt it from all aspects, from herself from federation, from sponsors, from just everybody. You know, it it does come with the territory, unfortunately. And I think she shined a light on something that had been hidden for so long, but needed to be at the forefront. And I think a lot of athletes commended her for that, where they feel like they can now come out and be like, I'm doing this for me. I need to take a step back. I need to take care of myself, my mental health and how I approach this. Because if you're not mentally in the right place, it's really hard to try to do the job you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard for us as runners to run hard and have, we have to have our minds right too, but I can't imagine the, the jumps, the, you know, everything that you guys go through, the twists, the turns, all of it, and not have your mind 100% on. I think everybody doesn't realize why they think it's important to be younger in gymnastics. One, you like your body's like obviously more durable, but the younger you are, the less inhibitions you have, the older you get, the more you realize how dangerous gymnastics really is. Like, I remember when I came back when I was training for the 2012 Olympics and my coach would be like, all right, we're going to do this this day. And I looked at him and be like, no, we're not. Like, you just realize like you understand your body better and you're like, today's not a good day. I may physically hurt myself if I try to do it. To be able to have that knowledge in your head and still try to operate at a high level, that can really mess with you. So it's a, I think it's more of like understanding that our sport can be life-threatening and have catastrophic injuries if you're not in a good mental space. So... I think now we take it very seriously and we, as it should be because it is a very difficult sport to be a part of. And I think athletes now or at least our, our national team athletes now are taking better care of themselves and they have more things at their disposal to utilize, whether it be talking to a sports site or getting whatever help they need, either from the USOBC or like fi- we help them find somebody at home to talk to. Just seeing you get on the beam or do a vault or, you know, get ready to do your final dismount or whatever. How do you get your mind to calm enough to actually try to do something you've never done or you don't do very often? The things that you're competing, Alan, the competition floor, you have done hundreds, if not thousands, if not close to life, probably millions of times, depending on the amount of training you're putting in. So you really do get to a point where you're kind of on autopilot and it's more like you're just kind of talking yourself through it mentally. Like if you're saying the correction your coach is giving you, over training or if like for me like I couldn't overanalyze things while I was going I needed to be like kind of somewhere else so I'd be like singing different songs okay as I'm going instead of like thinking about like oh I need to go do this vault like what did you sing it really just depended like on my mood like you always knew my mood based on what I was listening to like my mom would come home and be like oh god she's depressed <laughs> she'd be like did you have a bad day today and I'm like 
how to your nose. She's like, well, you're listening to music. That's real sad. Oh, I love anyway. it. That's pretty awesome. Um, as we wrap up here, I want to know a little bit about your advice for moms. So mom to mom here. What do you think about this youth sport movement? And I don't know if you've had a lot of people come up and say, are your daughters going to be just like you? Or will your son be just like you? Or will your son be like your husband and play in the NFL? Like what what advice would you give to other parents? I think putting your kids in sports is the best thing you can do for them. Even if they don't get to be at a high level or try for Olympics or NFL or NBA or anything like that, I think it just, for me, it like kept me out of trouble. It gave me a purpose. And, you know, I think kids thrive with direction, a schedule and purpose. And they can handle more than I think we give them credit for. Because if I give my kids responsibilities, I think that I'm like, oh, they're not going to do it or they'll struggle with this. And they, they rise to the occasion. So I think we underestimate children and their ability to like really take on something that we may feel like is too much for them. Because honestly, as parents, we're probably afraid that could you know cripple them or give them a bad experience where they're not going to want to do it anymore. But kids are a lot more resilient than I think, I mean, include myself included, that I give my kids credit for. Oh. So I think if you want to put your kids in sports as a way to build self-confidence, to live a healthy lifestyle, potentially keep them out of trouble hanging out with those you know the kids maybe they shouldn't be hanging with yeah um, i think it's the one of the best use for them i think so too thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for joining us today on agora sports network a community that connects and unites olympians to positively impact amateur sports in the u.s visit us online at agorasportsnetwork.com subscribe to our email list to be the first to know about agora news and to get exclusive content.